episode of the Agile Weekly Podcast. I'm Clayton Langlesigan. I'm Drew Lewis Weir. And I'm Roy Van Order. And joining us today, we have uh, Christopher Avery, and we're going to chat a little bit about leadership and specifically the leadership mindset. And, uh, you know, when I hear the phrase leadership mindset, that to me thinks I, I think about, uh, you know, getting in the mindset of being a leader, but it sounds like that maybe is something more specific to you. Can you maybe expand on that a little bit? A little bit? Sure. Thanks so much. I uh, appreciate being on your podcast. This is fabulous. Leadership mindset to me, uh, you know, Chris Matz in the Agile community is pretty famous for saying um, more leadership, less leaders. And that's a, been a theme of mine for probably 25 years in my work on collaboration and team building, uh, which is to me, uh, leadership could be defined as any behavior that moves a group towards its goal, uh, which means, for me, it starts with an individual taking taking ownership, feeling a sense of ownership for some space, some opportunity, some outcome, some need, some initiative. So just call it a space, taking ownership for some space, uh, and then moving themselves into that space in a way that causes others to want to go with them. Uh, to get something done. So for me, the leadership mindset is a mindset of personal responsibility and understanding how powerful we are when we truly sign up to uh, make something happen in some space. Maybe I'll stop there and uh, let you tell me where you want to go with that. So it kind of sounds like the um, like it's not really an assigned position ahead of time. Is it... I think we, we've seen instances in which the, a leadership role can almost be kind of a floating position where whoever just seems to, seems to take the reins on a particular topic, it becomes the de facto leader until somebody else does. Is that, is that kind of what you're talking about? Sure, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, absolutely. The, the issue is that the words leader and leadership can mean so many different things. And because we have hierarchy and we have people with assigned authority and power positions and people we look up to as, quote, our leader, you know, president or uh, boss, whatever. And so, you know, to me, those people don't necessarily demonstrate this leadership mindset. I hope they do. Um, But sometimes even the position of power or authority is an impediment to true leadership. We see that in self-organizing. When... Uh, when there is no one person who seems to have the authority to say right from wrong or prioritization or value, then there's much greater uh, personal ownership on the part of the whole team in terms of discussing such things. Haven't you seen that? Yeah, I was going to say that uh, I feel like there's times where maybe someone is maybe like the senior developer on some team and they're supposed to be this cross-functional team and people are supposed to look to them and there's this like traditional, you know, the hierarchy of the traditional organization and what it means to be a leader and they kind of take all that stuff and uh, maybe they don't have that personal responsibility or all the other aspects that you mentioned before and they kind of just assume that, you know, whatever I say goes because I'm the person who's supposed to be the leader so why isn't everyone following me yet? So, but it kind of sounds like if that person, the person who was the, the leader of the group and if they were actually had good leadership qualities, it sounds like that could be a very strong force for the for the team as a whole. Like I understand the benefits of self-organization but there's also a lot to be said for somebody who has a clear mind on the, the future vision and kind of keeps everybody focused towards that. 
Yeah, no, I, and I guess I would agree with that. Um, but I really did like what you said, Christopher, about the the idea of a leader being someone who takes something and picks it up and then leads, kind of takes the team with them, kind of thing. Uh, but not necessarily in the context of you have to have a certain role or a title or anything like that. Um, you know, I think those are the kind of things. I guess I like to ask, ask practical questions on this podcast, and I think there's probably a lot of people out there who are not the leader on a team. Like they haven't been appointed the leader by management, say, and they don't have the traditional hierarchy and maybe they haven't been there the longest, but they are very passionate about something. Um, and they will, they would be willing to take the responsibility. You know, what would you suggest for someone that's in that position? Um, you know, how do they demonstrate that leadership mindset? Is it something that just kind of happens over a period of time? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think what I'd recommend there is I'd recommend, um, stepping forward i'd recommend putting your foot in your mouth i'd recommend trying i'd recommend anything worth doing is worth doing poorly at first i'd recommend going for it and being shut down even but being willing to go for it again and if you find yourself in an environment where it's not wanted or needed then that means maybe it's time for you to take your desires to make a better contribution somewhere else um you know i think there's there's uh Something that I've had the luxury of doing, actually having an academic background, is studying the science of leadership. And I think there's three paths worth talking about in the science of leadership. One is worth rejecting. And the one worth rejecting is the idea of traits. Every every list of the traits of a leader has been uh, debunked. So somebody, uh, uh, multiple times, people have done correlation studies where they've taken all the various, you know, six traits, eight traits, 10 characteristics of a leader and cross-referenced them all. And what they found is there's no um, correlation. So saying that a leadership or leader is a certain type of person uh, is debunked. And, and that ought to be great permission for everybody. Uh, the three parts of leadership study that are really valuable uh, for First, I would say is situational leadership. Situational leadership says that true leadership is actually an intersection of a problem or opportunity and someone who seems to have a sense of what's needed right now for that. And what that means is that not everybody has the leadership mindset in every situation, uh, which is why I think in especially agile and a collaborative approach to things is we're always willing to pass the ball to somebody who uh, is inspired at the moment or has some clarity at the moment uh, about how to move things forward. So I believe in situational leadership at the micro level. Um, and what that means is also we don't want to have a scarcity idea about leadership. Like we think of leadership or leaders as only some people can do it. And this idea of situational leadership and even micro situational leadership is an abundance notion everybody can contribute something sometime in this situation and i've got two others that i'll talk about but i don't want to i don't want to uh, take all the airspace here so i'll shut up for a minute here let's go on a tangent real quick um there's something you posted recently called the integrity police right uh, the idea of having someone on the team that uh, i like the way you kind of describe them as they're like remember everything all the explicit and implicit things that everyone said and did and they can kind of call things up and you know i guess they're like the fact check people 
Um, right. I was curious where that idea came from and if you've gotten any negative feedback, because I think some a lot of people I could imagine they think that's like the jerk person on the team that no one actually likes. Uh, so I was curious if you got anything negative from, from that post. Sure. So where it came from was actually from qualitative research back in the 1990s in supply chain partnering between customers and suppliers in the semiconductor industry when the U.S. was trying to regain market share that was rapidly sliding uh, overseas. And the issue was that in Asia, the market, the, the supply chain was very tightly integrated, and in the U.S. it was very ragged. So the strategy was to create uh, trusting relationships at the boundaries of customers and suppliers. And I did a tremendous amount of work in that arena. And simply by interviewing people about what was working, this story kept coming up over and over about people uh, who would say, you know, we can't screw them that way or say, you can't do that to us. Um, and somebody called it the integrity police, one of our interviewers or one of our interviewees. Uh, and so it was simply a, a phrase that stuck. Yeah, one piece of negative feedback about it. When, you know, the, they loved the idea. They didn't like the word police. <laughs> I guess I could see that having some negative connotations in uh, some realms. So that makes sense. Uh, so you, uh, Christopher, you talk about you know one pathway is somebody uh, to leadership is somebody having like some clarity on a specific thing and kind of taking responsibility and ownership of that. What, what are those other two paths that you that you talk about? Sure. So that path is called situational leadership, and it's one of the extremely promising arenas of leadership study over the last twenty years or so. The other two um, are state research. So remember, I said traits have been debunked. Right. Their qualities. State research says that there's mental states that are more resourceful and mental states that are less resourceful. And that state research on leadership says that um, people that exhibit leadership tend to get into a mental state of the leadership mindset, which I responsibility process, which I call taking ownership, getting to that place of feeling a sense of ownership for something that you may not it may not be your accountability, you know, like I, like you guys have taken uh, owner. Well, the, at least at Gangplank, you guys have taken ownership of changing the way societies or or uh, communities uh, support entrepreneurship. Uh, nobody assigned you to do that. Nobody gave you the authority to do that. Uh, it's a sense of ownership. Um, so the, the state thing is useful, and that's where my responsibility process and what I call the leadership gift come in comes in and that is that you can actually change your mental state to one of more self-leadership uh, if you want to the third area is servant leadership which we all know pretty well in in uh, at and the servant leadership research is really quite uh, strong so those would be the three areas that I'd recommend thinking about terms of developing your own leadership is the situational leadership is, you know, where are you drawn in terms of having some clarity about what needs to be done? Follow that. Follow your intuition. Follow your inspiration. Follow your initiative. Um, second state research. Learn how to move yourself to a resourceful mental state where you can feel free and powerful and generate choices. And then third, servant leadership is, um, you know, I love notion that there are no more problems in the world there's only messes uh, so today's opportunity is find some huge mess that you can spend the rest of your life trying to help this world clean up 
uh, that's called servant leadership. It, it seems like the situational leadership is kind of more uh, something that occurs naturally in people, and the state leadership might be one that's a little harder. Is the situational more uh, one of awareness of what the situation is? Like, I think there's a great quote by Susan Scott in Fierce Leadership where she says, the person within a group who is able to state the closest version of reality to the truth often gra- often becomes its leader. Hmm. Like, is it is it kind of like that where it, you're just really aware of what's going on and are able to generate insights and, and draw that out of people? Absolutely, and I think that's section of situational leadership and state leadership. Because I think state-based leadership is somebody gets to that point of clarity, that point of of clear thinking, and state. You know, the best case of reality, however you said it, I, I love that because I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, situational leadership is, uh, it's not something that you can design or plan for. Like, well, that guy, Roy, Roy is going to be perfect in that position. No, it's a, um, it's an emergent thing. It's, you know, we find out Roy was perfect in that position only afterwards. And we thought, like, from that position in Clayton Bond. You know, so situational leadership is actually, uh, it's never predicted. It's an after-the-fact recognition. But the state one is more something that is predicted or planned for or that you can work on. Is, is that what you're saying? Something you can work on as an individual, yes. I, I believe that 90, pick a number, 95, 99% of leadership is self-leadership. Hmm. You are getting in touch with your own integrity, your own truth, your own authenticity. That that makes you more powerful, more clear, more in touch with reality, and that makes other people want to follow you into battle, to work. Um, so I'm really tired of all the the focus on leadership about being influence and persuasion and getting people to do what they don't want to do. Um, you know, I think that is very uh, industrial age, mechanistic aged kind of stuff. So we're about out of time here, uh, but if someone wanted to learn more about kind of all the stuff we've been talking about or more about you, uh, where, where could they go and uh, what would they uh, find? Well, thank you so much. Uh, I, you know, I'm pretty easy to find. My blog or my uh, website is ChristopherAvery.com and, uh, or just uh, search on my name, Christopher Avery, and the word leadership or the word responsibility and, and you know, my results will fill the page. I specifically to get in on the Leadership Gift Program free preview webinar. Uh, so just go to my website, find in the resources section the free preview webinar and sign up. You can also download a free responsibility process poster. And we'll be doing a webinar somewhere in September uh, and tell people about that program. So thanks very much for allowing me to uh, to share that. Oh, sure. And uh, as always, we invite the guests to uh, check us out at uh, the Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash agile weekly you can discuss this episode and past ones as well and uh we just wanted to say thanks again christopher we really appreciate you coming on the podcast well thank you guys what you're doing at Instagram and also at gangplank is just fabulous so thank you very much thanks is there something you'd like to hear in a future episode head over to integramtech.com slash podcast where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free.
The Agile Weekly Podcast is brought to you by Integrum Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integrumtech.com or subscribe on iTunes.